Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Benjamin Albright here joining us on the West Her Hotline. Ben, uh, any uh, any uh, any any takes on uh, the big trade between the Sabers and Avalanche that you want to break down, or uh, or are you, you think maybe we, we could we can move on from the backup goalie getting traded to uh, to the Avalanche? Well, maybe I need to bust out the Albright NHL Twitter account, Twitter <laughs> yes. account and, uh, and, and make that one work, right? Yeah, we'll we'll turn you into the uh, the the new NHL insider, Benjamin Albright. Uh, but we'll call you Ben or Benny. I guess they would call you in the NHL uh, or something. Uh, they'll just add a Y to your name somewhere in there. But um, yeah, Ben. Uh, I mean, obviously, this week is one of my favorite weeks of of really the NFL season as we sort of head into draft time. Um, this sort of makes draft time more fun because you get to realize and sort of see what the holes are in real time of each team. But I wanted to start with you in Denver um, because I'm looking at the the cover here, the Buffalo News in the station, and one of the things they're talking about is Mitchell Trubisky and, and kind of how – surprising the move for the Bills in particular for Mitchell Trubisky it was to sign on to to essentially sign on to be Josh Allen's backup um, I know that's been a position um, in in Denver that has been talked about it and maybe trying to get a veteran and bring a veteran in to, to, to maybe create some competition for Drew Locke where are the Denver Broncos in that quest considering most of the guys are off the market well, I don't think that any of the guys that they were interested were guys that were necessarily free agents anyway. Um, I, I think that the names that they had been looking at in the list that they had been looking at of guys to bring in for competition are guys that they would have had to have traded for anyway. Uh, and I think that list includes guys like Sam Darnold, Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles, and even potentially Teddy Bridgewater if Carolina gets into the quarterback market via the draft or with Deshaun Watson. So I, I think for Denver... I, I think those are the names, and I think they're still in the same spot that they were in that they don't have to make a move right now. Um, you know, they can they can kind of wait this out and go and, and scout the, the quarterbacks in the draft and decide if that's the direction they want to go, if they do want to go as a veteran route after all. So I know for whatever reason, I, I'm, I'm a big Drew Locke fan myself, um, and there were a lot of, well, you know, I, listen, I think at the end of the day, Ben, that Josh Allen's probably going to lose a lot of people NFL jobs because they're going to wait too long on a quarterback thinking they're just going to turn into the next Josh Allen. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know what the case here with, with Drew Locke is, but I know the Bills last year were borderline terrified of of basically bringing on a backup quarterback that would even indicate they were looking for Josh Allen for competition or that they were even second guessing Josh Allen in any light and I know that conversation really flared up when when the talks of you know where could Cam Newton potentially end up in Bills fans talking about him as a really ideal backup for Josh Allen and people were just totally against the idea because they were worried about what it might appear like so the names you mentioned kind of all fit that same bill how do the Broncos go about 
adding a guy with some experience and and potentially the, what it might look like to the fan base and maybe even to Drew Locke that hey you know maybe your job isn't as safe as uh, as you know you might think it is even though I don't know that a lot of people are like super sold on Drew Locke as the starter moving forward. Well, that's exactly it. I think with new general manager George Payton, he realizes he's got a bit of a redshirt year here. You know, he inherited a coaching staff, inherited a quarterback, and the clock on him really won't start until he hires one, either one of those for himself. You know, uh, so I think that right now the way they're looking at this is okay. We bring competition, and we see if Drew's got it year three. If he doesn't, uh, then we don't want to be too tied into what we bring in. We want to be able to blow this thing up and make this thing in George Payton's uh, you know kind of original image. And so, you know, I, I think right now he's looking at this is we're going to do one year of I'm going to put the George Payton band-aid on this thing and see if it's see if it's where it's want to go and if not then we're going to rip that whole thing off and we're going to start all the way over and so I, I don't think that it's necessarily about it I always hated when people say well you know I might mess with the quarterback's head to you know to have this other Me guy too. in here or whatever if somebody's so mentally soft that, that bringing somebody in causes them to fall to pieces they're not they're not mentally tough enough to be an NFL quarterback to begin with and Josh Allen you bring Cam Newton in Josh Allen would have, would have handled that just fine Cam Newton in the, in the same stratosphere is Josh Allen. So that's, that's, you know, I, I think that's baloney, but I, I think that, uh, you know, as far as the rest of this stuff goes, you, you want to bring in a guy that, that pushes your starting quarterback, gets that competitive fire, you know, going just a little bit, but doesn't have the fans and media screaming for him uh, every time that your starter makes a mistake. Benjamin Albright here on the Wester Hotline works for the Broncos flagship KOA at Colorado. Um, ben, I'm 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 wondering too. Uh, you know, in this division in the AFC East, I, I it's pretty safe to say that teams are playing catch up with the Bills and some of their roster building. The Bills really this year. Um, not that anybody here in Buffalo thought they were going to be big players in free agency. I think they were bigger players retaining their own than even people thought they were. But you know, when I look at what the Patriots have put together this offseason, as the dust has settled. I just asked our beat reporter here, Sal Capaccio, before you, kind of what your ultimate thoughts ended up being. I, I, I was going to reserve most of my judgment on the, on the volume of the moves until I saw some of the figures, but now that there's talk of you know where Kenny Galladay might end up, the guy that I think everyone was sort of expecting to set the wide receiver market, he really didn't do that, still waiting on that contract, but if he ends up at you know 11 or 12 million with Juju Smith-Schuster signing for 8 million, where do you think they end up looking at this as, as a whether it's a win or maybe a loss in free agency that they end up paying what they did to Kendrick Bourne um, and, and Nelson Aguilar when you know a guy like Kenny Galladay still could be had for just slightly more. Well, let's let's backtrack a little bit here. I got asked this question yesterday: Who's winning free agents? First of all, we're like three days in, so that's right, a little weird. But know. you know, you know how it is—the instant grade era. We got to do all this kind of stuff. And you know, my first answer was Buffalo because they kept the, they, they went out and they kept their guys on a team that went to the AFC Championship. That's winning free agency right there. Keeping a competitive team together is winning. Uh, going out there and spending A plus money for B plus talent—that's losing. And yeah. that's that's what they're doing. The Patriots went out there and did. They spent A plus money for B B minus talent. Uh, you go look at this collection of guys they did and. And the other part of this that bugs me is the narrative that this is a first for Bill Belichick. I, been, I know. You know. It's not. This has <laughs> been not. him his whole life. He's, all he's done is going out there and got free agents. He's drafted like crap. He goes out there and he gets these free agents. But the, the difference now is that Bill Belichick has to, play mar- has to pay market rate because he doesn't have Tom Brady back there. And people aren't coming in taking a haircut thinking they're going to win a Super Bowl. So, like, for me, I, I look at this and I'm like, man, I, I do not understand these media comments right now. This is, this is backwards. You know, Bill Belichick's losing here, spending all this money on guys that it looks like a disjointed plan. You went out and paid exorbitant amount of money for two tight ends. You ran 12 personnel for 26 total snaps last year. Uh, and then, you, you know, you're, you're out here 
throwing money at these, you know, these C minus wide receivers. What are you, what are you doing? So I don't think the Patriots, you know, I don't get it. We'll see it when they, when they roll it out. But for right now, I don't get it. Uh, and I think that the winners of free agency are teams that kept to their competitive core together. Yeah, and and you know I'm I'm wondering too when I look at the Jets. Listen, that's a team that that needed it, and and talk about a team that has spent and seen almost no return on investment in the white or in the in the free agent market. But you know this is a unique year for Joe Douglas with with Robert Sala, and I was saying this to Sale too. I, I think the quality of players have been notable this year, con- considering in some of the years past some of the quality that the Jets have brought in. Having said that, what do you believe the the shift in, in the free agent market from the player perspective when you're looking at the New York Jets, how it's changed with Robert Sala in there as, as the head coach? Well, they're they're shifting offense and defensive philosophies. Like they're they're changing totally what they're doing. So there will be roster churn and burn there, uh, and that's to be expected. When you've got a bottom feeder team like that, that's that's got to totally overhaul things because of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to remake themselves as. Um, you know, that, that's that's a little bit different. And so, you know, you want to see it with a team like that. If you finished in the uh, you finished in the bottom five or the bottom ten, really, uh, in in the NFL, uh, and you don't have like a super young core on one side of the ball, then yeah, you want to see a little. Bit of spending. You want to see them go out there and try and you know remake the roster in the way that they want. But you want to make sure that you don't go out there and just get mercenaries. You know, you right. you're, you're, you're building a young team like that. You don't want guys that are just cashing a check. You want to make sure you're going out there and you're spending the right spots, getting good leaders and guys that have been in competitive situations before to relight that fire in your roster. So I get what the Jets are doing. I mean, you're you're, you're switching offenses. You're you're moving to wide zone. You uh, you're switching defenses. You're moving to a cover three uh, from the the Greg Williams uh, dude, whatever you want to call that defense. <laughs> yeah, right. Henry Ruggs defense. How about that? Um, and so. Like you're, you're, you know, you're out there, uh, you're out there trying to remake the identity of that. So that I get. The Patriots, I, you know, throw my hands up in the air and just kind of shake my head. You mentioned the name Sam Darnold, Ben, and and I think he's the one that I think most Bills fans have been paying attention to. And I know one of the things we always kind of talk about here in Buffalo when 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 thinking about Josh Allen is, you know, how important the the situation a young quarterback gets into the scheme and all of the factors that play into the potential success of a young signal caller and you know how everything probably went exactly according to plan for the Bills. I think everything went opposite for the Jets. Um, where do you stand on you know what Sam Darnold's overall value is on the open market, especially as it looks like other veterans have found homes? Um, but I know you mentioned a couple of really interesting names in the trade market that could still potentially move. Teddy Bridgewater's a name that I suspect a team who might be looking for a starter might maybe view him more than they view a Sam Darnold this rate. But I mean, with the age of Darnold, it's hard to overlook. Like, wh- where do you think he ends up? Um, um, but more so, what do you think kind of value he can fetch on the open market? Maybe, maybe that 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 value becomes better t- closer towards the draft. Well, I, I think a two and another pick for Sam Darnold. Um, you know, I think initially when Joe Douglas before they made the, the head coaching hires, I think he was kind of looking at this and saying, well, you know, maybe maybe we could run this thing back with Darnold, uh, trade back out of two and, and get a lot of draft picks and start to really build this roster out. But you know, as, as they got the new coaching staff in, they cracked tape on Zach Wilson. I think they're really kind of settled on that and 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 moving on from Darnold at this point. So I, I think a two and another pick uh, gets it done uh, for Sam. I think there's several destinations out there he could go to. Um, uh, you know. A, 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 a Niners team that's looking to kind of move on from their situation. Uh, the Broncos are interested, and uh, sneaky, you know, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers looking for a long-term success at Roethlisberger. Wouldn't be surprised at all to see them reunite Juju and uh, uh, and Sam Darnold on that roster. 
That's an interesting. That's an interesting thought too. And and you know, I, I think too the 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 place I keep getting with Darnold um, is I, I keep feeling like a Shanahan, you know, sort of rehab rehab project makes the most sense for me um, in that mm-hmm. offense. I, I, are you surprised though? And maybe maybe the answer to this question is just simply with everything going on right now with Deshaun Watson. I know they're a team that has been talked about, but it, you know, I think the Panthers are, are that one team that is probably willing to to, to part ways with the most to go get a guy like Deshaun Watson, but are you surprised we haven't heard more, um, what's the word I want to use, jockeying by the 49ers in in an attempt to really upgrade at the position? I don't think so. I think they're trying to be a little more subtle about it. Um, I'll tell you this. Privately, I know that there are high-ranking members of that coaching staff that believe that Jimmy Garoppolo cost them a Super Bowl. They believe that he cost them their ring, uh, and they've been frustrated with him ever since. And so they've, they've been looking, but they don't want to upset the apple cart too much in the sense that, you know, hey, we're trying to shop you, and then he goes out there and gives you know, 40% effort because 100% effort isn't enough for them. So, you know, I think that I think that's the, really the kind of the linchpin there is that until they get their guy, they're just going to kind of uh, try and quiet play it around the league in terms of moving on from him. So I think, uh, you know, I, I don't think that we're, we're surprised on that. They would, would have been all in on Deshaun Watson had these allegations not come up. Now that they're up there, I, I can tell you a lot of teams have backed off. I think the only team that hasn't really super backed off in, in, in pressing form is Carolina, and, and I haven't checked in with them in a, in, in a day or two. So, Ben, last thing for you before I let you go. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about – where the Bills sort of stand in this division and, you know, where they could ultimately still stand to get better. They go and sign Jacob Hollister yesterday, and I think, for me, maybe that turns off the whole Zach Ertz trade scenario. In your estimation, how much has Howie Roseman maybe fumbled this situation on, on trying to get Zach Ertz off this roster? Um, it's very clear they don't have plans on bringing him back, but from the sounds of it, it just sounds like they're they're at a number that the rest of the league has sort of scoffed off at and, and really unwilling to move. And it looks like most of the teams that we're in have all found temporary answers at the position. So is that something that's going to end up playing out where Howie, Howie Roseman may, just have, may end up taking the best offer available at some point here? And is that offer going to be anything close to the third round pick they've been asking for? No, it's not, and he's a laughing stock right now for it. Uh, he blew, you know, he had two teams that were very, very interested in the Bills and Chargers, um, and he just was was absolutely ridiculous in the asking price and wouldn't budge. Is it just inflexible? And you know how he's in a tough spot right now uh, because you know he's got ownership that's uh, you know that wants the, the Jalen Hurts thing to pan out, and you know he's got a head coach who feels kind of uh, you know lied to in the situation that he came into, thinking he was going to get Carson Wentz. So that, that coach wants, you know, wanted to bring some, one of his guys in to compete with Hertz, you know, a guy like Brissett, and they wouldn't let him do that either. So you, you just got a rough situation there in Philly. And, you know, I, I think, uh, I think Howie's trying to get himself a win and is being too stubborn and inflexible in places that he shouldn't. The win is getting the compensation for the guy, not holding firm to your guns and getting a three. Yeah, man. And that situation is going to continue needing monitoring. Howie Roseman has been sort of given the keys to the castle, and I think if you're an Eagles fan, you're probably thinking to yourself, how the hell did he get those keys? But, uh, Ben, appreciate you as always, my friend, for all the insight. Uh, Continue doing the great work, man. We appreciate it over here in Buffalo, and we'll uh, we'll be following along as the next couple of weeks uh, span out and uh, get to the draft where you kind of continue to be money. So uh, good luck, my friend, and we'll, we'll talk soon.